Yes. And I'm wearing my mushroom shirt. Like, I'm so ready to go. You're so mushy. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Untitled Van Life Project, the podcast. It is Caleb and Amy. Hello, hello. The two people that have been living out of our Sprinter van since July of 2020. And we're still doing it. We're still here. And I guess that's the premise of the whole podcast. (laughs) And more. Yes. Etc. Amy, what's up? What's up, babe? Cheers to you. Well, uh, we are still in Colorado. The season is changing, though. We've noticed it this these past few weeks. The uh, It's always gotten chillier at night, but it is no longer just the chill of the night. It's well, the chill of the fall creeping in. Well, there were a couple of days like that. The last few days have actually been very warm. But True. I do feel like we, we're starting to feel fall, like, visit us here and there. It hasn't, like, stayed We've gotten little glimpses of it, so it's definitely, we're kind of almost in that, like, gray area where it's in between summer and fall. We're almost Ooh, there. what's the, what's, it's like the no man's land of season. Like, what comes between summer and fall? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Do they need to make more seasons? They should keep on adding in seasons. I don't know. Four actually feels really nice, and I'm not just saying that because four is one of my favorite numbers, but, like... But then what about these mini seasons? They're... No, that's just, that's the changing. Like, when things change, they get gray, you know? It's like, it's like, uh, yeah, the overlapping of water at certain points in that world. When you, you know, you can see, like, a river coming down into the ocean, and you can see, like, the silt from the river yeah. kind of, like, out in the ocean, but eventually it, like, works its way in. We're, yeah. we're, like, in that area where the waters are merging. So, like, one day it feels like summer still. Yeah. But then the next day, if it's cloudy, it's, like... Oh, this is fall. This is not just a cloudy summer day. Like, the chill that is in the air right yeah. now, it got down to 37 degrees the other night, too. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. But, I mean, I... <laughs> oh, I'm going to get emotional now. Like, just, <laughs> think, just thinking about summer transitioning it, and leaving for this year um, feels really... I mean, sad and exciting. Like, I do enjoy fall, and there's lots of things that come with fall, (coughs) football, that I get really excited about. You know, the aspens changing colors. Um, But sometimes fall is challenging in the van, which we've talked about that a lot on this podcast before. So, you know, there's still, like, knowing that there might be, like, some challenging days or weeks or whatever. Um, But also, I mean not really worried about it because this is our third this will be our third fall in the van so we figured out how to make it work till now so i feel it well equipped for it but i feel well equipped well equipped for the challenges that have yet to present themselves yes because they're going to be probably maybe we don't know i guess they could be similar to challenges we've had in the past you don't know that that's why i said bold statement that's why i said probably maybe (laughs) i didn't i didn't like say it like a fact but they could be um but anyways, when I think back on this summer that we've had, um, definitely what stands out to me is the foraging. Yes. So, I mean, come on. Y'all knew this episode was coming. <laughs> <laughs> we knew this episode was coming. Um, I think if you've seen anything we've shared via the internet in the last month plus, yeah, it has been about mushrooms yes the fantastic fan guy (laughs) that we love so much yes so (laughs) our journey with foraging mushrooms has been pretty interesting um i mean i would say like i would say like the seeds for this journey were planted like back when we just started i would say really like when you worked at whole foods caleb and um wow we were jeff bezos thank you (laughs) jeffrey bezos we were living in denver at the time and caleb was working at whole foods and i remember you like telling me just about some of the like different mushrooms that y'all would have sometimes like you would have morels for a bit you'd have oysters and maitake and lion's mane (laughs) and that was like both of our i think introduction to all of those different kind of mushrooms that aren't just cremini or portobello or white white um, buttons yeah and we were really into well, we still are i would say like really <laughs> into food at the time and like oh like I, let's try these i want to try them all and so that really kind of like piqued our interests i feel like or at least mine and like whoa mm-hmm. like mushrooms are really cool like there's some really weird and different 
kinds out there as opposed to just the standard ones. Um, well, I mean, if Whole Foods did anything for me, it is, <laughs> and us, yes, it is vastly expand my awareness of the realm of like vegetables, fruits, yeah. and fungi that like you can eat, and like also like what it does for your body. Yeah, I think I was just a lowly cashier you know, the bottom rung on the ladder there, but even just being that for a few years and just like being around the culture part-time, like my knowledge of food increased a lot. My knowledge of the food that's out there increased a lot. And just the knowledge of like how it affects my day-to-day life. And I, you know, we were already vegan at that point, but I think our meals started to get more elaborate, more, uh, I don't know. We were having fun. Like it was fun. Yeah, to it was just, fun. Like, finally. <laughs> it was fun to like learn about and try all these new exotic fruits and veggies. Yes. That Whole Foods was getting at the time. And you were working there. So you were always very aware of what was coming in. And that's in. Th- another, if there's one good thing about Whole Foods, it would be that they do get lots of good produce and, yeah. and mushrooms. And so, yeah, we would have to do these produce walks, quote unquote, around like the produce area before every shift. And you're just supposed to notice new things. And, like, unlike other grocery stores, Whole Foods would get very seasonal items. Mm -hmm. So, like, when it was mushroom season, I remember the first uh, summer, fall that, yeah, you were alluding to earlier. I remember walking over there and just being mind-blown by all the different types of mushrooms that were available now that I had never, like, seen before. They weren't in my realm of knowledge. Like, maybe I knew about an oyster mushroom or a maitake, but then morels? What are morels? Why are they $30 a pound, you know? (laughs) Very, like, delicacies. Yeah, and they don't even look like what I picture a mushroom looking like. Like, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. That did start to spark the interest of, like, what is out there. And we we loved eating mushrooms. I mean, mushrooms are a very big staple, I think, in lots of vegans' diets. Yeah, yeah. Or people who eat vegan We enjoyed, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've always enjoyed mushrooms, whether it's, like, the simple portobello or white button or like the elaborate morel and everything in between. I feel like we've enjoyed all of them. Um, so I think that also is just help, like helped pique our interest and keep it there. But I feel like that's really where it all started for us. And it's so funny how like in retrospect, you look back at things like that and like, I never knew it would lead to this. Like I didn't know your little produce walks, and then you'd come home and tell me about all the cool things that you saw and learned or about. Or actually, I would probably just start buying them. You did like sometimes. Like, once, when I was working there, I also had the discount, so I never hesitated to, like, buy the new items, too. Yeah. So, like, another great time of year is pepper season, especially mm. in Colorado. Oh, my God, yeah. I've never seen or heard of these various kinds of peppers. Um, and, yeah, the mushroom season was another big one where I was just, I was like, I have five, I came home with five different kinds of mushrooms. Let's try them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would do that. And I just, I never knew that that would lead to us actually feeling confident and having the knowledge that we do now to go out and, like, actually forage wild mushrooms and eat them. Yes. But I definitely think that was kind of, looking back, I think that was where this all started. And like I said, we never had this goal it's so fun looking back and just seeing how things so naturally fun lead. guy, would you say? <laughs> I had fun with my guy. <laughs> oh, not a reference to last night. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, you just I just got lost. <laughs> yeah, it. I, lost I don't. I don't know what you're talking about either. Mushrooms. That's where it all started, and yeah. then once we moved into the van, well, I guess somewhere in between that Whole Foods time moving moving into the van. We learned that Colorado actually has the second largest diversity of mushrooms in the U.S. Alaska's first. Which um, is also kind of crazy. Yeah. I feel like most people would think the immediately P&W. the P&W. And Which I think, I don't know this for sure, Aaron, fact check, but I would think the P&W maybe has the most like per area, but just maybe not the most diverse. I love your speculations yeah. on facts. Yeah. You can probably look this up. That's what Aaron's. Oh, Aaron's, Aaron's got. Aaron's okay, cool. Be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also the PNW may produce like more mushrooms per pound. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about the range variety. of variety of mushrooms. Yeah. Colorado and Alaska are the top two states that mm-hmm. have the widest. I mean, there's still new species of mushrooms being discovered. Yeah. So that's why I think foraging is pretty intimidating too to like get started in. And um, yeah, hearkening back to our journey. Yeah. I think another big reason, and I think people have heard us talk about it before, was 
the movie Fantastic Fungi, the documentary that kind of follows almost Paul Stamets' journey. Yeah, he's uh, kind bit. of the main character or person in it, but there's it's not all about him. But is I mean, he a character or a person? It's hard to know. <laughs> in a movie, you're he's a character, a legend. even Paul if Stamets you are yourself. A um, if you don't know Paul Stamets, he is. I mean, he is the leader, like the the like face of mushrooms i think right now like he as paul is to the atreides family paul stamets is to the mushroom family okay a dune reference there a dune reference we just watched the movie dune too and i know it's confusing because they're both named paul Uh uh-huh but it fits (laughs) yeah we did watch (laughs) they're the leaders of the revolution we watched Fantastic Fungi. If you have not watched it, it's actually on Netflix now. When we watched it, it was before. We, it was like literally during quarantine. It was before we moved into the van, and it was not on Netflix. It was only on this like indie site that you. It was had, on like their private movie site that yeah. you had to go and like buy the movie. Buy the movie. Yeah, um, but it was. I liked that because you were very much supporting the project. It was not like widely released or no. distributed. It no. was like very, yeah, yeah, independently, I think, funded and mm-hmm. filmed and all that. And yeah, the website was just, you had to go buy it there. Yeah. So we did, we watched it a few times and just were like enamored, also amazed at like not only were we so captivated by all the different types, the ways they the way they taste, the way they look, but also like the health benefits that they can provide. And then on top of that, just the fungi kingdom in general and really mm-hmm. trying to understand how this species or this kingdom like how it functions and what's really going on. I think that yeah, that's in our world. Thinking of trying to answer that question, which is almost kind of like an ongoing answer. You learn more and more as you get into it. But that, I think that's what really like, like we were slowly like declining and climbing down the stairs Mm -hmm. to learn about mushrooms. And that's what made us just jump off head first and be like, okay, this. It's not just a food. It's not just a food. (laughs) Like what the fungi kingdom does for the cycle of life on earth and for plants, for animals, for trees, anything that it comes across. Yeah. Um, like I almost want to start dropping facts, but honestly you should just go watch fantastic. Cause I don't feel expertise enough to give them, but the, the world of the fungi is, is crazy. And, and the favorite part that always kind of sticks out to me is how, um, I think they talk about, Stamets talks about it in that movie of how, like, fungi are essentially kind of like the crossover between life, death, and rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what fungi do. They break down dying old matter on life, whether that's an animal or whether it's just an old plant or something. They break it down, reprocess it, and then that creates nourishment for new plants to, like, grow. And I think that is where, like, he's like, they're the first thing, they're the last things there. When you when something dies and they're the first things there to help it like get rebirth and they're like reprocessing death into life and <laughs> it that, makes me emotional like, like that. yeah something from just a food but once you like started getting into the realm of the kingdom and like yeah. what it does like that I think is really what took us off to being enamored with mus- mushrooms combined with the fact that we're learning about the all these new exotic kinds and that we are in a state that is like. It's honestly, it's not well known how many mm-hmm. mushrooms are here because, uh, but it's getting out there. Yeah. It's becoming it. So yeah, to be in a state where it's like, oh my gosh, you can find all these varieties of mushrooms. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that movie changed everything for me. I like, I stopped viewing, I was already so amazed at the different kinds of mushrooms and then also like their health benefits like i feel like a lot has been coming out just in general in the last few years about mushrooms and health benefits and that is really fun to explore and really amazing to hear about and how old and ancient these like medis these medicinal mushrooms have been how long they've this, been like, used this organism yes but then yes fantastic fungi took us down that totally different avenue of like there's something bigger here than just quote unquote just all of that like than just mushrooms than just the cool different kinds of mushrooms you can eat and their medicinal properties like there's something so much bigger and beyond us that's also very connected to us 
you just have to watch Honestly, it. Honestly, it's funny because like mushrooms are i think people view them as very small but i think they've had the like once i've the more i get to know about the fungi kingdom like the no the more i know there is that i don't know at this point like there's so much more to learn and still so much more kind of like what i feel like under the sea is like so much more to be discovered yet Mm -hmm. we're like barely tapping in to like yeah this ancient organism that's like almost ruled the world it's an organism it is an organism so, i've never thought of it that way well I, another stat they drop in that fantastic fungi movie which i'm not just trying to regurgitate <laughs> everything they say but it's uh the organism which is mycelium and then produces mm-hmm. the fruiting body of the mushroom um but the mycelium that that's actually one of the three biggest organisms on earth there's mm-hmm. a there's like a colony in i think under mount hood in oregon that they are deeming like either the biggest organism on earth or like i actually saw another article recently that's one of three another is an aspen forest in utah that is all derived aspens in utah yeah because you know aspen forests are all come from the same root system yeah the root same root system kind of like what mushrooms do how it spreads out very similar to a root system and then another one is like a uh a field of seagrass somewhere in the ocean that they've discovered that is like, and seagrass grows the same way, all from a same organism. Mm. And it's like massive. So those are like the three biggest things on earth. Living things is <laughs> mushrooms under Mount hood, aspens in Utah and like seagrass somewhere. And like, that's, that makes me feel small. This, this tiny little thing is literally the biggest thing on earth. The, the uh, <laughs> that doesn't sound the mycelium. Yeah, the mycelium. Yeah, yeah it's great. This, but it started out as a single cell mycelium yeah. that has now spread to being the largest single organism on Earth. Or I don't even know how to describe it at this point. But stuff like that, and you just can learn more and more and more. It never stops. It just gets so intriguing. Yeah. It. Yeah. Wow. I'm like pretty mind blown. <laughs> So yeah, continuing um, on our fungi journey, we were very excited to get in the van um, and head up to the mountains. Now mm-hmm. you kind of got to know the climate for mushrooms because yeah, you wouldn't think that high elevation and very dry places would be the spot to find a lot of mushrooms. And actually, our first summer, because higher elevations, the mushrooms take longer to grow. Like typically, spring is when you'll start seeing mushrooms pop up in a lot of areas. Yeah. But for higher elevations, since it's still not thawed out by then. It'll be like late summer, summer early, fall. early fall. Yeah. And so we were here, moved into the van in early August. We were excited to go foraging. Mm-hmm. And how did that go? We found nothing. <laughs> we <laughs> found absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you know, I've thought back because we went several times, and like we were looking like with the intent of foraging. That was our. That was the purpose. That was the sole purpose. Um. It's like we're gonna go on this trail to forage. Yes. And, you know, it's funny to look back and be like, well, maybe we just like weren't looking in the right spots or maybe like we didn't know exactly what we were looking for. And we definitely know a lot more now than we did then. But I, with how much we're seeing now, I just think that summer was just a quote unquote, like a dry mushroom summer. Like, I just don't think the, cause I mean, it's all very weather dependent as mm-hmm. well. And we did not get a lot of rain that summer. Um, I just don't think the breeding grounds were really set for it that year. And if there were some, which there might've been some, yeah, I don't think we were just looking in the right spots. But we felt like very poor foragers at the time. (laughs) We're like, we, we've gone out several times and have not even like seen a single mushroom. I can't find one. Yeah. And now that, yeah, like you were saying, hindsight is kind of 2020 having Mm -hmm. spent a few summers in this same range of, uh, like the Sawatch Range in Colorado, um, and especially this summer, which has been extremely rainy. Yeah. I feel like last summer was kind of the balance, but our first summer, we had fire bands all the way through up to winter. Yeah. We yeah. never were able to have a campfire. so Because it was so dry. Yeah, and we had also just moved into the van mid, like, early July, though. Mm-hmm. So we kind of missed, and we didn't know the, the weather patterns. And so, yeah, it ended up being our first year was just an extremely dry summer, which, at any cost, mushrooms need moisture, at least some. At least some, yeah. I know Colorado doesn't have a lot, as some places like Oregon and mm-hmm. Washington do, but mm-hmm. uh, it needs some, and that summer it got nothing. But it yeah. wasn't, we didn't realize that until the next year at the same time where we had been traveling. We had done a long road trip over the summer, had not been back to Colorado, and we came back to Colorado literally beginning of August, mm-hmm. pulled into the same area that we were foraging 
the year the year prior. before yeah. to to just park not even like in the areas we were foraging and literally parked the van where we were going to camp got out and i'm like there are mushrooms everywhere <laughs> like just look down at your feet you'll probably see a mushroom i was like what is going on yeah we were like were we just like blind last year like <laughs> yeah. what, how did we miss this but no um yeah we got here last august and it was i mean yeah they were just popping up everywhere you didn't have to go look for them they no. they were just there they were like always watching you <laughs> yes essentially if i got out of the van there was always one just like glaring at me Mm-hmm. and at this point so at this point in van life after the first summer where we didn't find anything we didn't i don't feel like we ever really gave up hope like we were never like oh i guess we're just never gonna find mushrooms we were kind of like well that's weird i feel like we should have seen something maybe we're just really bad at this yeah so i feel like over the next like fall winter spring we got some books. <laughs> we did get some books. We well, we did the some. The universe like, gave some books to us too. Yes, yeah, so we did some research online. Like you looked up like the most popular mushrooms to find in Colorado yeah. that you can forage. Like we at least had that to like know. So also kind of like for. bare minimum stuff though. Like yeah, even the first year of foraging, I just like googled some articles about mushrooms in Colorado, and yeah, had just screenshotted some of like the most common ones to find that are edible mm-hmm. and like some of the more sought after ones but little just blurbs on them yeah. and like very Not much just going to fully off of identify yes correct yeah. so we had that but then in the next year we got um the first book that we purchased was medicinal mushrooms by christopher hobbs was that the first that was that before the mushrooms of colorado yes okay. it was um we got a book called medicinal mushrooms by christopher hobbs it's I mean, it's a beautiful book. Like, the photography and all the photos and everything are gorgeous. Um, and that one, that one, I guess, doesn't really help with foraging as much. It helps, like, you learn in-depth about, I feel like, I don't know, eight or nine of the most common medicinal mushrooms and, like, what they more, do for you. It was just yeah, more mushroom knowledge yeah. that, like, helped us, you know, want to dive even deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it has, like, chapters on, like, one's just on lion's mane, one's on oyster, one's on my cordyceps. Mm-hmm. And, like, very mushrooms that you can buy at, at grocery stores. Either. And, like, supplements, like yeah. turkey tail and reishi and, uh-huh. yeah. And, like, people that are, it's starting to be more widely used medicinally. And he yeah. was talking about, one, that they're, like, history. And then also, like, threw in, like, how you find them, how you would cook them. Um, combine that with, yeah, some amazing photography and photos of yeah. various mushrooms. And it was a, it kept on piquing our interest, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, honestly, last summer, all we had was that book. We did not have our universe our universe gift book yet yes we only had that book and we had just anything we had like read or found online and some apps and apps we did have a couple you know they say there's an app for that there is apps for mushroom foraging out there (laughs) yes how accurate are they uh i would think you need a book to i don't i would never identify a mushroom just via the app i would always have a couple other like identifying factors yes but when we did arrive here last October and saw, oh my gosh, August. there are, August, wow, not October, there are mushrooms everywhere, we got really excited. <laughs> so once again, we went on the same trail that we did the summer before with the intent to forage mushrooms, and we were incredibly successful. We found our first mushroom, our first wild mushroom that we successfully were able to identify and eat. It was in the Bolete family. And now let me say this. So if this podcast encourages you to go out and go forage mushrooms, that's amazing. And that's awesome. And I love that. Always, always, always be 100%, a million percent sure of the mushroom that you were about to cook and okay, eat before you did it. Okay, that's impossible, though. A million percent? Yes, a million percent. <laughs> Let's go be 99.9% sure. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. You can't be 100% sure about anything in your life, okay? You got to leave a little room for doubt. Okay. It keeps you sharp. Well, that's what Caleb says. Amy <laughs> says something different. You say a million percent. <laughs> but we were able to successfully find a bolete mushroom a mushroom in the bolete family and i mean we cooked it and we ate it but caleb do you remember how we were able to identify it um the apps (laughs) it was a few things the apps we also did a lot of research once the boletes are pretty easy to identify i mean there are certain things you want to look for like um 
the gills underneath the cap like what are they like uh, we've never done a spore print but that is always another really good option to do a spore print I mean, just characteristics, like what does the cap look like? What does underneath yeah. the cap look like? What do the gills look like if it has gills? One of the reasons bolites are um, a little easier to identify is they don't really have gills underneath. They have, it's almost like porous, like a sponge underneath. Um, also, we really like to double check just to make sure, okay, are there any poisonous lookalikes to this type of mushroom? That's what you were always double checking. Yes. <laughs> if you can't tell, <laughs> I tend to be the little more careful one. <laughs> well, so even at this point, which is still a year ago, mm -hmm. like, um, I can't, I do remember, I don't remember the first one we got. It was on our, we like took the whole family foraging, I think right? we got three. And yeah, we found some and we were like, okay, I think that is this type of mushroom, which is an edible mushroom. Mm -hmm. Like, let's pick it. Um, and then we use both the the two different apps mm -hmm. and they both gave us yeah kind of like similar in the families um, in the belief and what i'm still learning today and we have better books now that we'll get to but even the books today are still like there's a large variety of in this family that hasn't been discovered but most of them are edible yeah. something like that oh it's and all so, the ones that have been discovered up to this point are edible right yeah yes and yeah. so there's some like safe bets like that but even see that's not 100 percent. you could have okay. discovered a new i guess you're right you can't always family you can't always be discovering a new species so that's what i'm saying 99.9 percent, okay. .9%, maybe even eight but this one felt safe because yes everything we had read about the bolete family like number one that's a very popular mushroom to find in colorado secondly there's some very defining characteristics about it that make it pretty obvious that's what it is thirdly um yeah there as far as we know like no poisonous lookalikes um so it felt like a safe bet to go off of yes and also i feel like our process with identifying um i mean at this point we kind of know the ones we're looking for and generally what they look like but if you have no idea where to start i feel like a good place to start would be to like use an app see what use like a couple different apps see mm -hmm. what they say see if they're saying similar things and then like use that as your springboard to go off. So yes. you're not just like, oh, I don't know, is this like an Amanita muscaria? Or like, you know, yeah. you're not just lost. You at least have a direction to start researching. Yeah. And that's what we were doing. Like we yeah. still, once we kind of like narrowed it down to this specific family and, mm -hmm. and stuff, and then we started just like Googling all about it. And we're like, um, we still got to the point. And this, at this point, yeah, we didn't really know what to look for. Yeah. We're kind of just... Our goal was to forage and find mushrooms and hopefully find something edible. But yeah. um, and there are like choice status yeah. ed ed edibility in mm -hmm. certain mushrooms. But we felt so, like such newbies that we were just going for a mushroom that would be okay to cook and eat. Yeah. That would be amazing. That yes. was step one. And, and we thought we found it. That felt like a very approachable family to yes to go that route with. Like you yeah. could easily distinguish it if and the, I think even one thing we read um, if like someone mistakes one for that kind they're they're, they're bigger mushrooms mm -hmm. but at the worst it would just kind of give you some gastrointestinal issues yeah. it's not going to kill you yeah because as lots of people like to say shout out to goat all mushrooms are edible some only once though yes yes <laughs> because they'll kill you yes which that's the that's the joke oh is it a joke or is it like i truth? don't know it's true <laughs> but yes and even just to like show how not skeptical but just like cautious i was and still am if we find something new well so this is your hundred percent or your million this, percent yes, coming into my 99.8 i've dropped it now yeah so this is my extra point two percent um <laughs> once caleb feels really confident he will cook it up and eat it and i like to let him do that and wait 24 hours before i eat it well, just so to make first, sure this first batch of mushrooms we're talking about we were like got to the point where we were like 99.8 yes. percent sure yeah and i was like okay i'm ready and you're like uh, i still don't know like mm -hmm. i'm not like nothing is guaranteeing yeah us that this is this yeah. mushroom and i was just like i think we're as close to as you can get yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, the foraging world of how accurate you can get. We've so, done everything we could do. So I did be the guinea pig and I uh, tested it out. I cooked myself like half of one uh, one day and we waited a full like 24 plus hours. And I was like, I feel good. You yeah. want some now? Yeah. And so, yes, then Amy ate it. Yeah. I was just, it was new. It was the first time. I should be a little cautious. I'll be like, my intestines shall be... 
<laughs> the testers. Um, and but testers. that was oh, okay. <laughs> but that was really all we found last year, and we found a few more of those and cooked up a few more. Um, but I just remember I was, I was on cloud nine point nine nine nine. Like I was. I would so... say you were on cloud ten. <laughs> I was on cloud nine point nine. <laughs> I was so inspired and excited like i felt it felt so beautiful and so earthy and so natural and connected to just go outside and have the earth provide food for you like that is one of the coolest i think that's one it's so simple but i think that's one of the coolest things of living i mean i've always been enamored with like the hunter gatherer world yeah um from some certain books i've read and yeah like i mean i love home gardens and stuff and i think that's a modified way to do it essentially Mm -hmm. but like just walking out into the woods like where we're living and foraging like dinner and breakfast that yeah it was such even that even though it wasn't one of the choice edible mushrooms that we had found that year we were just so stoked to have like made that goal to reach that goal and it only took us further and we thought that that was a great summer and great season for mushrooms and then 2022 came around yeah (laughs) Um, this summer really took everything up a notch, but between that last August and this summer, once again, we continued to further our knowledge. I mean, we were always reading articles. We got, we did get gifted a book called Mushrooms of Colorado. Yes. It felt like everything was like nudging us this direction too. Literally as a, as a tip Mm -hmm. slash gift from a couple that we worked with. And we had just briefly kind of talked to them about mushrooms, mm-hmm. obviously, but they had this book, this like old library book. I don't know if it was stolen or just never returned or no, whatnot. It was, they, the library like <laughs> sold it. Yeah, they sold it. Yeah. They like got rid of it. So, yeah. you know, you can trust a book when the your local library gets rid of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they gave us this book and it was just called Mushrooms of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And literally like what we, because we had actually been looking for a good book. Yeah. And could not find something that had adequate. We wanted something with pictures and then with also like identifying factors and like we couldn't find you could find like encyclopedias of all different types of mushrooms that overwhelming so intimidating and like no pictures and i'm like i i feel like i'm gonna need some visual learning when it comes to mushroom foraging i mean that's a big step too yeah and this was like our first yeah our our first kind of like key to that where it was like it was just detailing all the types of mushrooms you can find in colorado where to find them how to find them what they look like distinguishing factors yeah yeah so we got gifted that book, which yeah, out of nowhere, and we're which, like, "This is amazing." Which we looked at and read a lot, um, and then also to begin this summer, we finally well. So with the mushrooms of Colorado book, it's been great and has been very helpful. But we did notice it's a little old, and as we have talked about, which is why I think the library got rid of it. I think it's a little dated. Yes, like now, I mean, fungi and new mushrooms are being discovered. I mean, every, I don't know, they're continuing to be discovered. There's still ones we don't know or things that maybe we have discovered, but we're still learning about. And so having a really updated book, I think is important. Um, Whatever foraging book you want to get, I think having the most updated version of that book is the way to go. So yeah, we did notice with this Mushrooms of Colorado one, it was a few years old. um, And while it had great information and we still do learn a lot from it, I wanted, I think we both wanted something a little more uh, caught up to now, like something a little yeah. more present. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the word I'm looking for. A little more updated. Well, like we know the information on mushrooms has grown since this book has come out. Yeah. Like, I think Stamets says it in Fantastic Fungi, but he, in Fantastic Fungi, but he himself has discovered four new species mm-hmm. of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that movie only came out within the last five years. years. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that book's probably older than that. So, yeah. yeah, we wanted, you know, going into the summer and then also seeing, since we've been back in Colorado, like, June was very rainy. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, it could be a good mushroom season. Like, we should start preparing for the foraging season. So, yeah, we had our eyes on looking to just increase knowledge, increase yeah. information, and then also find a really handy book that could really take us that was- to the depths we wanted to go the most updated it could be and that was very user friendly and not yes. overwhelming yes because we had found wealth like books with wealth 
of knowledge of mushrooms, but they were not user friendly at all. I don't know how you would utilize them in <laughs> actual was, foraging. It was like all text, no picture. Like you said, yeah, no pictures, all text. It literally looked like an encyclopedia mixed with a Bible. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was very, con- yeah. it was very confusing. You'd have to like memorize verses if you wanted to find any, <laughs> make sacrifices. But we did at the beginning of the summer. We did find the book. Do you remember exactly what it's called? <laughs> The Mushroom Bible? We call it the Mushroom Bible. It. I mean, it was like later in the summer. It was definitely July. Okay. I thought it was June, but whatever. Um, I think it's just the National Audubon. Audubon? Am I saying that mm-hmm. right? Um, That's what I would say. Mushroom Field Guide. Yeah. Of, and it was updated to 2022. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they do a new one every year with updates, um, but this is, they've definitely released a version in 2022. And now the look of it is very intimidating. Yeah. It looks like a Bible. It looks like it's going to be, like, while very informational, just very hard to use. But yeah. it is exactly the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. It literally has a step-by-step guide on how to use the field guide. And it's a great guide, too. Like, one of my favorite things just is how they, like, work you into being able to forge. Like, mm-hmm. so the first step, they, like, they have hundreds of pictures of mushrooms and, or maybe thousands. And then thousands. Hundreds. Hundred, and then, like, hundreds of descriptions on how to find it. But it's... Step one is like just identify the silhouette of the mushroom you're looking at, mm-hmm. and then they have a breakdown of all like different various types of the families of mushroom silhouettes. And so you try to find you like match that up with the mushroom you're looking at, and then it gives you like a list of what that can fit under. And then you like go look at the photos for that list, mm-hmm. and then once you find the photos that line up, you go read about those mushrooms in then you the read text the part. Text. Yeah, then you read yeah. the actual descriptions and like uh, you know examining factors, and that's when you can like. It's very user-friendly. Yeah. I cannot recommend it enough for yeah. people who want to, like, dive deeper into foraging. And it's for the whole North America? Yeah, it's all North America, so it's not just so, limited yeah. to Colorado. Um, I will definitely put the name and authors and everything in the show notes because, and like I said, it might look intimidating because when, even when we first found it and we picked it up, we were like, ah, should we get it? It looks kind of intimidating. I I like, it looks like it has great information on mushrooms, but is it going to make us, like better foragers like Mm -hmm. are are we going to be able to utilize this information out in the field and the answer is (laughs) will we be able to use the field guide out in the field field. you would think so but you know you just don't know until you test it the answer is yes i mean it's incredibly user-friendly and it's it's really fun it like takes you on a journey like you said you like find the silhouette then it's like okay go to these pages and look at these pictures so then you look at the pictures and once you find the one you step by step from the basic like a simple uh visual like you know, examination of just the silhouette of the mushroom to mm-hmm. being able to like know exactly what it, like where lo- it's found. And yeah, where it's found, where they grow, what, what seasons they grow in, what the, what the cap should look like or feel like, what the gills should look like or feel like, what the stalk will look like, what, what color, color will it bruises. bruises, what the spore prints will be, yeah. what smell it'll have, yeah. what plant matter it grows around, mm-hmm. what trees it grows under. And yeah, it has been phenomenal i think that i mean every step we've been documenting on this journey i think that like doubled it we went from level five to like level 10 yeah Uh, Yeah. and that and that book has definitely helped now i will say this too all the mushrooms we've been finding with the book we will still pull out our other colorado book yeah and then we'll also sometimes still use the apps to just get like a triple check yeah on something yeah we still i mean yeah i still don't think i i think the best practice is to get it as confirmed as possible with multiple sources, not just one. Yeah. And um, since we have multiple sources, yeah. and honestly, since it's more fun to just pull out a bunch of books on mushrooms <laughs> and like, it's like, hey, this one says it's this family. Like, look it up in that book. And then yeah. we're like, oh, yeah, it's definitely that mushroom. Like, it's been so cool. So this summer, what all have we found? Well, the first, this is how we knew it was going to be a good mushroom season, is when I found that giant sawgill end of June, Mm -hmm. which was crazy to find a mushroom at this high elevation in June. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, at least it's got to be, sometimes the mountains aren't even melted. Like, they're captured. Yeah, the snow. Yeah. Yeah. No, the the mountains melt. melt. Caleb, I don't know if you know this. The mountains don't melt. It's the snow that melts. Okay. (laughs) The snow, like, some, the peaks will be capped sometimes till the end of July. So, finding this one that was, like, over a foot across. Yeah. And, like, over three pounds itself. Just one mushroom. Um, and, uh, yeah, started just doing some research and it was an edible one. Not Mm -hmm. one of the choice edible ones, but, um. But still. Still edible. 
Yeah. And now I will say this too, with the book, I've actually learned well, there's lots of edible mushrooms, mm-hmm. quote unquote, just a lot of them don't have any taste. They don't so, taste that good. Like, yeah. You know, everyone no wants point. to know like what mushrooms are edible. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, there's a shit ton of mushrooms that are edible. It's just, they're not going to have a lot of taste. They're not really going to add anything. And they're also very small probably. Yeah. And after you cook them down, they're going to be like nothing. So that's it's why people, that's why you see the ones that are like chosen after and like searched after is because there's there's reasons they have more flavor they have more meatiness they're a little easier to distinguish and they're actually going to provide you with something yeah so we taste we we tried the salt we ate the giant sawgill even though that wasn't a choice one and what do you what did you think what is it like eating a mushroom that's edible but like not necessarily like choice well i loved this i still think to this season that's the biggest mushroom we found yeah uh like just pure single mushroom it was huge yeah and that this was still early on because I remember I think I cooked it up for myself a day before you would try it officially. Well, anything like new, I'm a little hesitant to talk. Yes, because everything we've read also says even if a mushroom is edible mm-hmm. and like a choice edible. And you've like, identified it correctly. You've identified it correctly. Mm-hmm. Say so you find an oyster mushroom and you're like, this is an oyster mushroom. It is an oyster mushroom. Still being a wild mushroom can affect some people's stomach. Yeah. And uh, once again, it's just gastronomical. 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 <laughs> It's still like just mild, typically like mild. It's not going to kill you. It'll just be like your stomach will be upset. And that can happen with any edible mushroom that's found in the wild. Like even if it is a morel, one Mm -hmm. of the choicest edible mushrooms in the world. If someone picks it in the wild and and you eat it, it could affect your stomach. It's a wild mushroom. You know, That's just the way your body, I mean, people's body responds to food. So, yeah. So. Um, so I'm always the test to see how it'll respond to my body first before Amy will eat it. My stomach is stronger than yours anyways. I'm just kidding. Oh, I just wanted really? to see your reaction. <laughs> I think I'm we both kidding. have pretty strong stomachs. Yeah, we do. I would say. We do. But it was, I mean, it's a texture we don't get a lot being, uh, of the vegan prototype, but it, it was a very like, um, fishy sp- fish, not Fishy smelling. No. I feel like fishy brings up like the smelling stuff. Texture. But more like seafood. Yeah. Along like some chewier fish yeah. or like, like uh, calamari. Even, yeah. Yeah. Like calamari a little bit. It was a little chewier than like a fish fillet, but mm-hmm. just had that like soft kind of like soft meaty texture. It was more texture than taste. Um, I mean, of course we seasoned it. Um, we made some fish tacos or quote yeah. unquote fish tacos with it. I mean, so. since they like, since the slices were so big because mm-hmm. the mushroom was so big it's like this can like emulate a seafood fillet or something so yeah we we like sought out and made some mango salsa and mm-hmm. like made some yeah quote-unquote fish seafood tacos yeah. with them one night and they're pretty good yeah well i mean yeah they yeah, taste they probably tasted not a whole like, lot of taste to the mushroom other no. than what we seasoned it with but. it was just texture so yeah whatever however we made it taste is how it tasted um, yeah it didn't bring much to the table in terms of taste-wise, but but I think it was fun. It, I think we did get that book after that mushroom because okay. it was that one where I'm like, okay, this might be. And it once learning about that mushroom, it like comes up during the actual the drier seasons. I was like, but even if it's already popping, like this is like the signpost of yeah. how the mushroom season's about to be. I just found this like. 14 foot across mushroom yeah. that I was like, this 14 might... feet. Oh, oh sorry, yes, 14 my feet. Gosh. Wouldn't that be the dream? <laughs> 14. <laughs> Inches. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, 14 feet. Sorry, 14 feet. Got carried away, you know. The but that was kind that of the you. start of this season. Um, and then after that, yes, we kept seeing a lot pop up, but I feel like really it picked up August 1st, 2022. So exactly... Yes. Well, I guess when you listen to this, it'll be a little over a month, but from the day that we're recording this podcast, exactly a month ago from today, was when kind of everything changed for us for this season. Yes. We were already (laughs) going to be on the lookout. Um, Like a side note to our last episode, when we were talking about our Alaska trip, I'm not sure we mentioned it in depth, but one of the hikes we did, which was kind of an old growth forest, we saw tons of mushrooms and yeah. like gigantic ones uh, yeah. also harking back to how alaska is like the number one state for mushroom variety and diversity um we we saw them everywhere and we're like i bet when we get back to colorado it's going to be mushroom season 
so far our June and July in Colorado has been extremely wet. There's been rain, like to an extreme, like yeah. probably too much, honestly. <laughs> I've had to go. Very, <laughs> very saturated ground. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very. It's been raining a lot. So I'm like, I bet when we get back from Alaska, it's which is like end of July, beginning of August, which is mushroom season up in the mountains, the high elevations. I was like, I bet they're going to be popping off. We better be ready. And yes, uh, you said August 1st, mm-hmm. I went on a hike. Um, at the base of a 14er and uh, you know I think another part of the journey is as we've been learning more and more about types of mushrooms and kinds of mushrooms it's like your eyes grow wider too you're able to like see more mushrooms that you didn't like your mind may have actually skipped over in the previous years because you didn't know what to look for or that it even existed in this type of area and at this point I am seeing so many mushrooms everywhere. See that's a key (laughs) point I think even all the learning that you do behind the scenes where you're not actually out on the battlefield. Um, All the learning that you do. What's a battlefield now? (laughs) All the learning. Battlefield guide. Good one. All the learning (laughs) that you do behind the scenes, like through research and reading and books and articles and things like that. I think you're exactly right. I think they like open up your eyes more. So then when you are out there, you're, whether you know it or not, you're seeing things you wouldn't have seen before, or you're looking yeah. in areas. And it's areas. not that those things weren't there before. Yeah. It's just that now your you realm of knowledge, your awareness has increased to like see. Yeah, you know the eyes to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like dusted off my lens of knowledge of mushrooms, and so yeah, I just feel like we are seeing more um, in the area, and I stumbled across one that we had never found before up to that date and uh, ended up being a golden chanterelle, which mm-hmm. is one of the like most sought after edible mushrooms in the world. Yeah. For mainly for taste. I mean, they are a for taste. Well, for taste and for like actually kind of easiness to identify. They are pretty easy to identify. Like, yes. Unlike other mushrooms that are like, uh, like the King Bolete. Mm-hmm. There's lots of other Bolete. Some might not be as tasty. Some there's a few that are like, slightly toxic mm-hmm. um but like with the golden chanterelle there's like the close look like isn't that close like you can e- easily distinguish it by just a few factors like very quickly yeah. smell being one of them they yeah. smell like ripe apricots yeah. which is crazy for a mushroom all the other ones smell like dirt and earth and almost they, like they smell so light and fruity like i just want to sniff them all day long. yeah and their color and just uh yeah the, other the way distinguishing, their gills are uh-huh, and which, their their cap the yeah i mean they have very so distinct and distinguishing factors and they're also very delicious so yeah. like that combo <laughs> makes them uh one of the like prime mushrooms in the world to forage yeah and so yeah i saw one on the hike and i like picked it and i was examining it i didn't have the book on me so i used an app though i was like already 99.7 percent sure <laughs> And once I used the app and it told me it was a golden chanterelle, I was 99.8. So I had reached my max of... <laughs> Babe, I say you need at least two or like things of confirmation. You're well, only at one. Unless you so, count your mind. Yes. Well, I was counting my mind. Okay. Because I before I even pulled out the app, I was like, this is a effing golden chanterelle Mm -hmm. and i had only found like two at first but apparently where chanterelles like if you see a few like keep looking in the area because they grow in like very specific areas Mm -hmm. and around certain certain trees and soil and land style flat it's got to be like flat so which is that's a distinguishing factor in the mountains Mm -hmm. and around like certain bushes and stuff and so i kind of just was like I'm going to search this area real quick. And before I knew it, I I had a handful of gold. And I was was like geeking out. And all I had was like a little day pack. I didn't even like come prepared the forage, though I was going to have my eyes open. So I just like put them all back in my backpack, very cautiously finished the rest of the hike, because that was my goal for the day. And I remember like, yeah, coming back to you and the dogs, and I was like, Amy, I can't wait to show you what I have. You were so excited. Yeah, I don't rare amount of people in the world have seen me at this level of excitement so <laughs> like it's this true. like a giddiness you it's know true. it takes a lot to get me to that level and i think i was there that day you yeah were definitely i think there. you saw it yeah um and i just pulled out like a handful of these golden chanterelles and we were both amazed and immediately i was like I want to go. And so we literally, we made breakfast and then you took me back where you yeah, found that them. that same day. And we found like twice the amount I had just come back with. So much more. And yeah, I was right there. Like I, w- I was high. I was so high on life. Like yes. it was just, and they're so beautiful. 
<laughs> they are some of the prettiest looking things I've ever seen. They're yeah, they are kind of like mushroom flowers. Yes, you can, they like they look their shape. Go look it up right now if you know don't know what I'm talking They're about. Delicate, like yeah. And then they smell so yeah, light yeah. and fresh and yeah. like a sweet fruity like aroma to them um they were it's it's like finding gold in the woods it was crazy like i still have photographing memories yeah. of like when we'd like be searching and then come across you'll come across like little flushes of them or like kind of mini gardens where there could be anywhere from like three to five to hundreds which we ended up stumbling upon later yeah. spoiler alert but yeah that day we were just i remember just turning the corner like going around the bush and seeing like a flush of like 10 beautiful golden flower mushrooms and yeah we were just like so on cloud 10 i had met you there i had bumped up my two percent <laughs> my point oh two percent and we were just like it felt like a foraging dream yeah like it felt like the you know we had reached the the oh. the mount olympus the well peak. we talked about it afterwards <laughs> and like i don't think either of us had ever said it out loud to each other but like we were like this is like a goal like yeah I feel like... I don't think we knew it was a goal. No. But then when it was happening, I was like, I mean, I guess when we got into foraging, like, this would be, like, a goal. Yeah. Foraging wild golden chanterelles. Yeah. Like, that was kind of, yeah, the top of the list for me. Yeah. Was being able to find that. And I didn't really know or think if it would ever happen. Um, and especially that quickly. Like, only our second summer, actually, like, finding mushrooms. Yeah. And um, it just felt kind of more in tune with how we had been, you know, really... We've been trying to increase our foraging and mushroom knowledge, like yeah. intentionally, and put it to use, and that felt like the kind of the the fruit of all that work. Yes. Yeah. Fruit. Yeah, and I actually ate this mushroom with you right for away. the first time. Yes. It did feel. I felt very confident in that identification, and um, this is also just a little point as well. Um, anytime you do identify an edible mushroom and you want to forage it and eat it always still even if you know what it is you know it's edible just cook yourself just a little bit first just to see kind of like you were saying earlier it is a wild mushroom and even if it is edible it could upset your stomach a little bit so mm -hmm. just see how your body reacts to it first so just cook a little bit of it first and then wait and if you feel fine then you can yes. maybe cook more of like a normal portion size but that's exactly what we did with these golden chanterelles remember you cooked up I think just literally cooked up like one decent sized one yeah you just cut it up into little small pieces cooked it real quick and we just like tried a couple pieces yeah and i was like oh and I, I went into it with being like i'm gonna eat this right away and yeah. then i was like you want some and you're like yeah, yeah. i was like okay aims yeah give me that um, million percent but that's just a little that's definitely something we've read and learned yes it always says start with a very small amount your like first time eating it even though if, if you're for sure mm -hmm. it's something edible yeah just to see how Let's your see. body or it could takes be a, it. It could be like a weird batch. Who knows? Yeah, weird that's. I mean, they are wild. So even if they are yes. edible, they're still wild, and you know we don't have control over that. So, um, <laughs> but that just that finding just kicked off the whole month of August for us. And guys, we have been eating <laughs> chanterelles nonstop since August first. There's <laughs> been fewer days of August than there have been. That I haven't had chanterelles, what wow. I'm trying to say there. Yes. Stuttering <laughs> over my words here a tad. Because this is another cool thing is now we know where to find them. So obviously, excuse me, obviously that hike that you went on. Yes. We know they'll be there. If they're going to grow, they could be. Not telling you guys any of these areas. <laughs> you got to come you, visit you have, us. You have to come visit. You have to come foraging with us and I'll show you them. We but. found a second area that last year, um, we realized we found it we found this area last year and there were tons of amanita muscaras there which, those are the super mario mushrooms yeah those are the iconic red mushrooms with the white dots they are very poisonous but they're beautiful to look at and so last year we found an area that had lots of those and so after you found the golden chanterelles there we were like we need to go check that area. Again. Well, I already like wanted to go back to that area just for, and I, I've been like saying it to people we've been camping around, but it's almost like a mushroom museum. Yeah. Yeah. Is. We like stumbled upon it last year, but it has, 
And we shared some of these photos on Instagram. It has like plethoras of, yeah, the Amanita muscara, mm-hmm. the, the bright red with the white dots. And those are just, they're not edible. So don't try to eat them. No, but they're beautiful. But they are beautiful. And mm-hmm. it is just, the forest is covered in like huge ones. And, and they'll be just in awesome. these little like rays, like light will just be shining through the trees, like literally just right yeah, down on one. Because like, yeah, it's <gasps> in it's in like a wooded area. So yeah, the, the light is very broken through the trees. Mm-hmm. And you always feel like you see one in the distance with just like a sunbeam hitting it, like a yeah. spotlight. <laughs> Yes. Excuse, excuse the dogs. This is real life here. But we, so we always had that little area in our mind as well. Um, And so definitely once we found the chanterelles, we were like, we need, we were going to go back there anyways, but we were like, maybe there's chanterelles there too. There are. um, There were. There were, there still are. We were there on Sunday and found... Like the most I think we've ever found well, in yeah, one trip. The craziest thing about heart, like thinking back to that first day, August 1st mm-hmm. of 2022, the day that will live in infamy for mushroom foraging for... <laughs> it changed everything. For Kami was... Kami! <laughs> was, I thought that was going to be like, especially once we went back out and searched those areas and foraged more and we had like a full bag full, probably, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to judge these bags. We don't have a scale yeah. in here, yeah. but they're probably a few pounds. Mm-hmm. I thought definitely. that would definitely be like the most we would found. And I think every time we've gone out to find some or look for some, we found more than that amount uh, leading up to this past yeah weekend where we went and literally found a field of hundreds of them. And, and definitely the more you find them, like whether it be golden chanterelles or king bolides or like whatever you're finding, the more you like get a good sense of the areas they like to grow. So like you know where to look and you well, it's don't... like putting the knowledge we've been learning about into use. Yeah, and you once don't that feel... happens, like using it out in the field, it like cements it. Yeah. And like you don't feel as lost, like you're just wandering around the forest looking for it. It's like, no, I know golden chanterelles like this kind of ground, these kind of bushes, um, they like to go around these certain trees. And so like when you see areas that have all those things, you go there and that's where you start looking instead of just like kind of aimlessly wandering around. But that just comes with, yeah, the research, the reading, the stuff you do behind the scenes. And then also once you do start to find them and you really see with your own eyes, those environments you read about and you really see what they actually look like. And then also you have to rely on the atmosphere. Like the conditions have to be right. Our first summer, they were not right. This summer they've been too right. (laughs) And so, yeah, literally August, we will finish off a bag, which will Mm -hmm. take us, you know, four or five days Mm -hmm. and then just go back to the other area, Mm -hmm. find another whole bag of chanterelles, have those for the next week. Once we run out of those, we'll go back to the other Mm -hmm. area, find two, like we came back with three full bags yeah. of golden chanterelles this past weekend that uh, I gave some away to our friends. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to cook some for We're going to cook Sarah some up for, tonight. yeah, I like, they, it's been such a gift for us. It's such a gift to like share them, to like tell people about them, to like show them, like, look at this bag of gold. Yeah. This is the pot of gold under the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. Is the chanterelles. Yeah. It's been really, oh, it's just been really cool. Like I had no, no idea that this was gonna gonna happen at yeah. all. <laughs> and then on top of that, we've also forged a few more bolites. Had mm-hmm. those a few nights mm-hmm. uh, in between our chanterelle harvests. Yeah. But it has been like every week. I keep on thinking like I'm I'm taking advantage and like cherishing every bite of a golden chanterelle I eat, yeah. thinking that you know eventually it's gonna stop and then we what are we, we gonna go do? back out? Yeah, what are we gonna do? I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But then we go back out for foraging and then find more than we did the last time. So, like, it has been a abundant season mm. of mushrooms that, uh, I, like that I think we're very thankful for to the universe for. I mean, the earth has just been... Fi- I mean, and if you look up the cost of chanterelles online, it's a lot <laughs> per pound, yeah. especially dried pounds. Yeah. And we have found pounds upon pounds of golden yeah. chanterelles that we have just been almost, like, casually eating I like this last batch. We've been having to have them almost every meal. Yeah, to make sure they like, go bad. I've been finding something to do with them every meal. We made chanterelle pizza this season. We made chanterelle pasta. I made chanterelle toast. We, we put just, them in our breakfast scrambles every yeah, morning. Yeah, we, we just saute them with butter and just like add them to the rest of the vegetables we eat. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, what is one, I don't know if piece of advice is the right word, but what's one like little insight you would give to someone who is like wanting to start mushroom foraging? get a book yeah i think that really 
felt like it took us into the realm of being becoming actual foragers, especially this uh, this field guide we have. Um, because yeah, even one day this week when we were here, I just went out and picked like seven different varieties of mushrooms mm-hmm. I found uh, and brought them back. And I'm like, let's try and analyze all these. Let's we literally find spent out what the whole were. afternoon just like almost analyzing. the whole day, like from foraging. Because actually, that was on my poop walk. <laughs> When I found them all and to yeah, bring them back in, we just started like searching them and mm-hmm. trying to find out what they were. And we didn't eat any of those. It no. was all, oh, we did so we eat did one. one. Cause we I did. did find a huge bolete yeah. was part of it. Like all different sizes too. I had yeah. a huge bolete down to this tiny little one yeah. that I had picked. I'm like, let's try and like find out what all these are. And, and it yet, felt very approachable. The purpose of that didn't feel like we're trying to identify this to see if we can eat it or not. Like, I don't feel like that was the purpose. It felt just like, hey, these are all it so like different. It's like increased knowledge. These are all so different and they look so pretty. Like, let's let's just see what they are. Yeah. Just so we there have There are also knowledge. mushrooms we, like, see. I mean, they were in the area. We yeah. travel a lot mm-hmm. and it's, like, mushrooms we've seen a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, what is that? I want to just start knowing, like, if I see a mushroom, what it is. I think that's know? another, like, thing to add here that could really grow people's knowledge is just i mean it is very fun to forage for mushrooms to eat like to look for specific like chanterelles or bolites or like something you want to eat oyster oysters but i think there's also something fun just about like i just wonder what i want to see if i can identify this mushroom not because i want to see if i can eat it but just like the practice of using your field guide using your book and like yeah just identifying and be like oh cool this is a whatever this is a russula. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then don't eat it. It's yeah. a medic. Also, what does a medic mean? Oh, it makes vomit. you vomit. <laughs> Induces vomiting. Yeah, stay away from that one. But yeah, just like just so you know. So then when you're walking on the trail or biking and you just see one, you're like, oh, there's a russula. Oh, there's yeah. a. Yeah, you can like identify it now. And there's like, a hawk's eye or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's a puff ball. Like uh, yeah, it's just I think that part's really cool. I think not getting hung up on only looking for ones to eat i think that's what i would like i think the book i would definitely say book but Uh also i think something else to keep in mind is not to get like discouraged if you go out and like you don't find any edible ones like i just identifying mushrooms just got the whole foods at that point just identifying mushrooms in general is fun and it's also really i think just helpful yeah for your whole knowledge around mushrooms and fungi and like it'll help you I do think it'll help you in the future mm-hmm. when you do want to find ones that you can eat. Because I'll I'll say this too: we have been finding, as we've said, a ton of edible, well, gold, like very specific ones, golden chanterelles, bolites. I mean, um, I found some oysters, but they were they were too old. They were too old. But we have been finding a ton of specific um, species that you can eat. But out of all the mushrooms we just see on a daily basis. We're not eating those. <laughs> like there's, oh no, yes. there's a ton that we see that that they just we're not eating those. So like it's not like every mushroom or every like fifth mushroom we come across is like one we can eat. Like it's no, we're going to these areas and these specific areas that we've like identified mm-hmm. as the right habitats for the chanterelles, which mm-hmm. are the ones you want to eat. Mm-hmm. Which I'll also add on this, uh, like I think. And I think we detailed it kind of in our journey here, our foraging journey. But the information really builds upon itself. Yeah. The more you just like get a book that'll start it or just watch Fantastic Fungi. Yeah. And even if you even if it's too much information, the visuals in Fantastic Fungi are incredible. They just have all these time lapses of various mushrooms growing. Um, so I think just like opening the door to it because yeah. then the knowledge just continues to build on itself. And then it becomes more and more and more exciting and more fun. And then you actually get to the point where, yeah, this year it felt like it all aligned to where we have been increasing our knowledge slowly. And then the mushrooms have been also coming to us and we came across fields of gold. And then you get to experience and live out what you've been studying and share it. And that's literally the coolest thing. Yes. And because yeah. And just also going back to what, Ready, right now. What the like? What how the fungi kingdom relates to the world that we are a part of is just the coolest thing. Yeah. So all that to say. Anyone want chanterelles for dinner tonight? Because yeah. that's what we're having. <laughs> I've been very good at this. So we had probably I would say close to ten pounds. Total. Uh, like in this last. Yes. 
I don't know about 10 pounds. I the think backpack, each bag is at least three to four. The backpack didn't feel like 10 pounds. Okay. I don't know. Definitely a few pounds, though. <laughs> um, but, yes, come eat some mushrooms with us. If you have any questions that we did not answer in here, feel free to reach out. We love I mean, I love talking about, as you can tell, I feel like we're both very passionate about it. I've been we having love... to, like, cut myself off from just dropping all these crazy, awesome facts about them that, like, you know, these other movies drop. But it's really what's hooked me and, like, what's kept me going and, like, wanting to learn more. So We love talking about it. If you have any questions, please reach out. Like like I said, it's just, like, literally our favorite thing. We, we try to find excuses to talk about it. Or just send it. us a picture of a mushroom and be like, what is this? <laughs> Well, I edible? would never identify one that way. No. <laughs> but but um, it's still cool. It is fun. Yeah, send us if you find some, just send us pictures. Be like, look what I found on my hike today. We love that shit. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's all I got for now. Yeah, for now. Before I, I open another, because I could definitely keep talking about it. But thank There's you. There's more to be talked about. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We love you, and we will see you next time. Peace out. Bye.